How are you? Wow, I can go in 10 different directions today. Getting to know Raider Nation the way that you see them now, it's just different. JT the Brick. I think it's so important, especially for this new generation of Raider fans. Now we got something. Now we got some guys out of the tub, out of the training room, doing what they needed to do. It calms down the energy of the Raider Nation and saying, man, a lot of guys have been missing for a while. Where are they? And now they're back. This is this is what the Raiders are all about. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, thanks for joining us today. Busy show today as the Raiders are on the bye week. So we're going to wait to preview the Houston Texans next week when we return. We'll do a deep dive on the Houston Texans, and we'll go down that rabbit hole on what needs to happen to beat a really gritty, tough, defensive Houston Texans team that's coming to Las Vegas in a must-win situation. We are now in the must-win scenario. We're still not talking playoffs at all on this show. We're looking for one win and to stack some wins, but you got to get the one win against the Houston Texans, and you all know this. You know what? It's one game at a time. It is a cliche, but it fits this organization where they're at right now perfectly. One game at a time. Put together a full game. Don't beat yourself, which is what Josh McDaniels told us from the beginning when he came here. you got to learn how to not to lose. He's been saying that from day one because he knows this team. He knows the deconstruction of the roster as they try to keep players and bring in new players. Learn how to not lose, and then we'll get into winning and going on big winning streaks and hopefully better days ahead. That's really been the message from Dave Ziegler, I think, and Josh McDaniels, and they're not hiding behind anything. Josh McDaniels has been at every podium session answering every question, and it can't be pleasant. He's got a young family. He's got a family that is in transition to come out to Vegas to move. Yeah, he makes a lot of money. He's got a big role, but he's a human being. He's a hell of a football coach. He's been a hell of a football coach with six Super Bowl rings. He is not used to losing at this level, and he's being tested as a head coach. So I'm hoping from all my sit-downs with him, I like him. I'm hoping he pulls out of this and the team wins. No one wants him to win more than the coach himself, Josh McDaniels, and every player in that locker room. And it's gut check time. You could use other terms. Uh, other terms if you'd like to, but it is gut check time. As Eric Allen made it clear on the Roundtable podcast that I hosted with Q Myers, that a lot of those young guys better be in the building. There's got to be some good preparation this week and as they come back next week. And if guys went away to be with their families and to go home and see their moms and dads and aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews, great. Get away, you get a bye week, because after this, there's going to be a really long season. There's a lot of football and a lot of radio shows in front of us. And as my friends often ask me, how you doing? How how you doing? What's it like? I said, don't worry about me. I do radio. This is easy. This isn't really a real job. It's fun. I talk sports for a living. I ask them, how's your job doing? You're a cop. You're a fireman. I got friends who are teachers. I got friends in this community who do a vast bunch of things. I ask how they're doing because my job, don't be concerned about this. It kind of sucks when they lose and you got to do five shows or four or five shows a week and they're all negative because I don't want to be negative. I want to be positive. You hear me when I scream at games. If you see me in the parking lot, I love when this team wins. It's good because I have friends in the organization and the owner. I want the owner to win. He just won a championship in the WNBA and I want Mark Davis to eventually win a Super Bowl, which I think he'll do in Las Vegas. But it's tough sledding. As I sit here today, it's hard. It's hard to win. And the Raiders keep shooting themselves in the foot in every game. Literally in every game, they've had a couple of wow moments. 
mostly negative. Now, there's been bombs to Devontae Adams. We've seen Josh Jacobs truck and run over people and have big games. We saw a scoop and score defensive touchdown with Amik Robertson. We've had some moments this year. Daniel Carlson and Cole are great. We know all that. But most of the moments this year have been wow moments like, how the hell did that happen? Or, or what the ref do? The ref called holding on a field goal on Coons? How'd that happen? What did Kyler Murray just do in front of me? I was there. I'm in the lower bowl. I'm looking at Kyler Murray running around, running around, running around. No one can get their hands on him. What, what's happening here? So everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. So how about we stop that? How about I don't say that anymore and, and some good things start happening? And it better happen against the Houston Texans, who are widely considered the worst team in football, but have played some really tough games and can win any game, anytime, anywhere. And they're coming in loose to Vegas. They're not going to the playoffs this year. And it's their trip to Vegas, and they're excited to be here, and they're going to be fired up. So if you have anything, I, I thought about a call-to-action topic today. What, what's something we could all talk about together? And the first quarter of the season, now we play 17 games. So now we're at the quarter of the season. It used to be six games. It was easy with four games. That's how I was taught. That's how Bucky Brooks, who was on the podcast yesterday, was taught. You break up the season into four, four chunks, four quarters. Four games, four games, four games in the final four. But we got to add the other one in. So let's do it today. We're at the quarter pole of the season. And what grade would you give the Raiders? Today we have an honest show. I don't have a lot lined up. I got Johnny Katz, our media expert, who's going to join us, tell us what's going on in Vegas over this weekend, which I'm really excited about. Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5, the sports director who traveled to Kansas City, and he saw those fans throwing objects on the field. He was there covering the Devontae Adams story in the locker room. So Kevin will be a great guest. And Lee Sterling, who's having a really good year at Paramount Sports picking games, he's going to give you three free games coming up here in about a half hour. So that's what we got lined up as we open up the show. I'll lead with Devontae Adams because it's on the cover of the paper. Vinny wrote the column, shoving a cameraman could cost the Raiders receiver $250 to 1000 when you look at the fine of what it could be in regards to jail, stop it. It's stupid. Anybody to talk about a jail sentence over this. This will be settled. There will be checks written. And we all hope that Devontae doesn't get suspended. Now, after a couple of days, I just saw Albert Breer, the insider of the NFL insider on TV, and he said he doesn't expect to see a suspension just to fine. And the Raiders are going to be in preparation for Houston. They'd like to know ahead of time what to do. And they haven't come down. If they suspended him a game, I would not be surprised because I know Roger Goodell likes to set a precedent. When something happens, he wants to make sure it doesn't happen again. So if he doesn't suspend him a game, if it happens to another player this year or down the road, that player's not going to get suspended also. And you don't want that to happen. But I think because of that camera person, the person in the tunnel who shouldn't have been there, so he was in the wrong for being there, and Devontae was obviously in the wrong, putting his hands on him. But you can go to the Kansas City protocol of the tunnel, the visitor's tunnel, and that guy shouldn't have been able to dart in front of Devontae, and he reacted quickly. There's two camera angles, one from above that looks like Devontae really went out of his way to push him, and then the other one, the field-level angle that everybody's talking about, which is pro-Devontae, is that that guy just jumped right in front of him almost, and, and you know, he jumped right in front of him, and Devontae saw a body and pushed it aside. He's a big, strong football player, and he threw the guy to the ground. 
I think Devontae's apology right after was sincere on social media and to the media. And then on top of it, he probably should have picked up the guy when he threw him to the ground. That seems to be what everybody's talking about if there's going to be a suspension. Why didn't he pick him up? Why didn't he pick him up? I don't know. I don't know, Devontae. I don't know why he picked him up. But I know for a fact he was frustrated, pissed off, uh, bobbled the ball that could have won the game. He normally doesn't make that type of play. Mistake. It's a mistake. It's a physical error. He didn't jump off sides. He didn't do something in the game to cost his team. He just juggled the ball and tried to get his feet in bounds. So he was really upset and has the right to be upset. But he didn't have the right to throw someone to the ground. Is it a misunderstanding? No, it's a mistake. It's a physical mistake, which is the problem here. So we'll wait around and see how this plays out and and get into that here as we open up the show. 702-365-9200 as we're brought to you by PTs, which has the honor of best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Great place to go watch baseball, which I'll get to. Hockey, they're a proud partner of the Golden Knights, and they fuel the monologue. Yeah, hockey's underway. We had Shea Theodore on yesterday. He was great, one of the best defensemen in the league. And I want to lead with what happened with the Padres last night with the Dodgers because I know that topic works here because there's a lot of Dodger fans in Vegas and a lot of fans that hate the Dodgers streaming this show as we see these big numbers in the Bay Area. So this would be a good day to pounce on the Dodgers There's not a lot of Padre fans, but I could be wrong. There could be 10 Padre fans who call in today. But that was a really important game last night because the Dodgers have a weakness. The Dodgers' weakness is they don't have elite pitching. Urias is a good pitcher, but he's not at Garrett Cole's level. He's not a a pitcher at the top of the top like Jacob deGrom. They don't have a beast as their number one. Walker Bueller went down, he's injured, and they don't have a great bullpen. So the Dodgers can just go out there and just pound you with runs and get eight, nine, ten runs in a game, and they just take your will away, and then the pitchers do a decent enough job to close out the game. Last night, the Padres with the long long ball. This one late in the game gives the pod squad a 5-3 lead. One and one to Jake. Here's the pitch, and that's a towering drive deep down the right field line. This one's way back. It's going to go. A long home run to right field for Jake Cronenworth. And the Padres add on. It is to 5-3, San Diego in the eighth. Yeah, Padres really played well in that game. They were down 3 nothing early, and then they got to Kershaw. Here's the final call as the Padres even the series at 1. 3-2 and two to Will Smith. Here it is, and a swing and a fly ball to right field straight away. Soto had him played perfectly. Backs up a couple of steps, and he makes the catch. This ball game is over. An absolute classic between the Padres and the Dodgers in Game 2 of the Division Series. It is won by San Diego 5-3, to three, and this thing is tied 1-1, heading home to Petco Park. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a classic. I wouldn't call it a classic in any means, but the Padres really never go to the playoffs. So for them, they're really excited about it on Padres Radio. Now the pressure's on Dave Roberts again. He only lost one game, and Clayton Kershaw, his Hall of Fame pitcher, was not sharp in this game. That's a problem. You know, I just felt that he just didn't, he wasn't sharp. I thought it was a grind all night for him. Um, missing just a little bit with the fastball, uh, the slider. Uh, couldn't have feel for it till probably that fourth, fifth inning. And there were some other decent ones before that. All right, so that's the manager who gets a lot of heat. He wins a ton of games. But with the Dodgers, you got to win the World Series. Here's Clayton Kershaw. I really let his team down, but he gave it all he has. He's the ultimate team competitor. Yeah, I mean, I definitely had some traffic all day. 
Uh, could have been a lot worse, for sure. You know, I think uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of traffic all day. I had to make some pitches. Had to you know pitch out of jams uh, basically every inning. But I definitely made some mistakes that they made me pay for. Yeah, so that's where Kershaw is going in. If you're a Dodger fan, are you concerned? I talked to a couple of Dodger fans today in preparation for the show. Uh, one did not want to come on the air because he didn't want to jinx it. I said, oh, okay, I, I'm there all the time. I'm like that all the time. I don't like the jinx stuff, but I need content here on the radio during a Raider bye week. So I led with the Dodgers. If you're a Dodger fan, we're a sports talk show. Sometimes you think we're just Raiders. We're not. We're a sports talk show. Jump in on the Dodgers. Are they in trouble with their pitching rotation going forward? Will their bats bail them out down at Petco Park in the gas lamp in San Diego? And I'll tell you, this Padre game, game three and four, is going to be wild because those fans haven't had a home playoff game since 2006. And that is a damn long time. So those fans are going to be through the roof, and there's going to be a lot of Dodger fans, wink, wink, coming in fueled up, drinking Modelo's, coming in strong. You know what I'm talking about, right? The Dodger fans, the Doya fans, they're going to go into that ballpark. There's going to be a lot of blue in that ballpark, and the Padres are going to have to defend that ballpark I think it's going to get interesting. I think this series is really good. I love what Bryce Harper's doing with the Phillies there, even with Atlanta. My Yankees were rained out tonight, so they're going to play on Friday, game two. So a lot of time off for both pitching staffs there to get ready. And Houston had a dramatic win over Seattle, which was incredible. Seattle had them on the ropes. So there's baseball as we open up the show. So today, the biggest story in sports is an article released by Seth Wickersham from ESPN on Daniel Snyder. And the basis of the article, it took me most of the morning to read it. And not because I don't read fast. I dove into this thing. And it is long. It's long. And you got to look at it and really absorb it. And the bottom line of the column at ESPN.com is that Daniel Snyder believes he's protected by the dirt that he has on other owners and Roger Goodell. And it's a detailed look of Daniel Snyder's life as owner for the team, the problems he's had in the past, the culture that's there, pending lawsuits and what the NFL owners want. The NFL owners want him out. One of the owners said, no one likes Dan. They want him out because they're trying to get a stadium there and the whole area or in Virginia, around the district of D.C. They don't want him. They want this owner out. And this owner is a multi-billionaire, but he needs some help. He needs some financial assistant, assistance building a stadium. And I believe in that. As I said, it's not the owner who has to pay for the stadium. It is not. The owner doesn't have to pour the concrete. He doesn't have to build the escalators and build the press box. That's not the job of the owner. The job of the owner is to own the football team. If he'd like to build the stadium, go ahead. Jerry Jones wanted to build his own stadium. Mark Davis got a whole bunch of help by this hotel tax. And everybody has to figure out how they're going to do it. And no one's going to help Daniel Snyder here. So the Wolves are at the door. The NFL owners, they need 24 of them to vote him out, which I think they have that number. And I've been reporting on this because I'm deeply involved in this story because I'm friends and know a couple of people who are the stars of this story, being Raiders former GM Bruce Allen and Raiders former head coach John Gruden. So I've watched this story evolve, and I've been reporting about it here on this show, what I know. And I know that the owners want him out, and I know that there's enough votes to get rid of him. But this caveat is that basically Daniel Snyder in this article can burn down the league. That he's got information on Jerry Jones. He's got information on Roger Goodell. And he spent a ton of money on private investigators. 
private investigators to go get him information in case he needs it down the road. So that's something interesting, because if there are some owners and everybody's got something in their closet, especially in sports, there's always something out there. That, look at Donald Sterling. Look at Robert Sarver with the Phoenix Suns. Look at this. People are videotaping. People are you know, recording phone calls. Emails are vanishing and getting discovered somewhere else. Text messages. Text messages are all there, all for evidence if someone's going down. So this story is a monster today. It's at ESPN.com if you want to read it. It's going to take a while, but it's an important story because it ha- this is at the root of John Gruden's resignation. I've never supported what John Gruden or never would wrote in those emails to friends. Who else was on those emails? It wasn't just Bruce Allen and John Gruden. I can promise you that. There are a lot of people CC'd on those emails. Who were they? What was said? And why did they show up? And how were they found in an investigation? Did Daniel Snyder leak them? I can't report on that accurately. I don't know. But someone leaked them to the NFL. And that was the beginning of the end of John Gruden, who had a long, long contract here in Las Vegas and a great relationship with the owner. And he had to resign over this. And it started a whole bunch of things happening after that. Rich Passaccia did a good job. Josh McDaniels getting hired. A lot of this, you can connect the dots back to Daniel Snyder and make it a Raider topic. And I'm only going to make it a Raider topic when I read more about this article today. And there's not much in there on the Raiders, but there's mentions of John Gruden. So I think that Daniel Snyder will be voted out. I think he'll be gone before the Super Bowl if it takes that much longer. I think that he needs to be brought in front of Congress. And when leagues can't clean up their mess, I always believe there's one stop, Congress. You notice that? Steroids, whatever it is with the NFL. The Congress, the Congress doesn't want to get involved in sports. Why would they? They're a mess to begin with politically. They mostly don't get anything done. Look at the country at times. But when they're embarrassed in their district and something's happening in sports and these commissioners and owners can't fix it, then Congress puts their nose in it and says, you know something, let's bring everybody here to the Rayburn building. Let's get them under oath, and let's see if they're going to lie in front of Congress, not to some attorney or some other team vice president. No, this is Congress, and I encourage them to get involved more with Daniel Snyder because that will be the root of him exiting as an owner in the NFL. Then who would buy the team? I have no idea. People report Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, could come in there, scoop it up, build the stadium, and put that brand right where the owners want it. The owners want the Redskins now, who are the commanders, to flourish because they make money off what happens in that stadium. And the revenue from a big market like that trickles down to the other owners. So this is a huge story today. If you got anything you want to add to it, 702-365-9200. Also, the NBA Just want to tie that in. LeBron James wants to bring a team here to Vegas. More power to him if he could do that. Uh, I I think he's going to play for a couple of years. I really do. I think he's going to play maybe three years more. But maybe on on back channels, LeBron James is working with his billionaire friends to help a team come to Vegas. And I believe Vegas will flourish with the NBA. Not baseball. There's too many baseball games. It's too hot. People don't want to dome here. Uh, The A's are begging for attention. They're a poorly run organization. They can't draw in Oakland, and they're desperate for attention and want to play here. Our minor league team, the Aviators, across the street from my house, the Aviators draw better than the Oakland A's. What makes you think the A's are going to draw flies when they get to Vegas? I don't think they will, but you'll go see your team play a couple of times a year, but I don't think that's going to be the culture 
of baseball here in Vegas. The NBA will be unbelievable here. Why is that? Because every NBA player loves Vegas. Every NBA player is going to come here, throw money around. Uh, They're going to have the time of their life, and they're going to want to play here. And all the celebrities of those teams are going to come see their team here. It'd be a monster. And LeBron James could be behind that. Uh, That is a topic that's developing right here. So we're ready to roll. we got a Thursday night game, Washington-Chicago. I mentioned the problems with the owner. There's a problem with Ron Rivera, the head coach there. He kind of threw the quarterback under the bus and had to apologize. And that's kind of what happens if you're dead man walking. You start to say stuff that you go, why did I say that? Why did Ron Rivera throw Carson Wentz under the bus? Because I think a good man, a character guy in Ron Rivera feels the heat. Feels the heat. And in a moment of clarity, he said what was on his mind, which you shouldn't say. You know, from time to time, you hear me pause here. I'm about to say something and I pause and go, nah, I don't think this is the right platform to say that. And Ron Rivera threw his quarterback under the bus. And if he loses tonight to Chicago, and they're a terrible football team too, he could get let go. That is some of the rumblings that are happening in Washington, D.C. today and in and around that team. So that's what I got. Again, appreciate you checking in. If you want to call in, love to hear from you today. Lee Sterling will join us in about 15 minutes. And then we have Johnny Katz and Kevin Bollinger in the 1 o'clock hour. Uh, Mike in Vegas, start us off, Mike. Thanks for calling on 920. What's happening? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, so let's talk about Alvin Kamara and his assault here in Vegas and compare it to Devontae Adams. So we don't know Kamara's suspension or if there's going to be one. Yeah. They just, they've delayed it till 2023, at mm-hmm. least, if at all. He punched the guy eight times, broke his orbital bone, and knocked mm-hmm. him out on camera. I mean, they're not even the same. How are we, how are we talking about a suspension? Well, I think that's a good point. That was happening in a social instance here in Vegas in a nightclub, outside a nightclub and all that that happened. That's different than pushing someone in a tunnel. I don't think that Devontae assaulted anybody, but that's the charge. I mean, it's a fair comparison on why they couldn't handle Alvin Kamara much faster in an investigation where the NFL has billions of dollars to really shut down and start up an investigation really quickly here. I think it's I a mean, fair point, but I, would, I wouldn't compare those acts. One was really, really violent, and the other one happened on a football field after a game. I, I don't think you want to compare that. I don't, I don't use that the, as comparable. The bottom line is that we're comparing suspensions, or if there's mm-hmm. going to be suspensions in both players, and one is grotesquely worse than the other. Yeah, so uh, uh, I, yeah. I don't understand why we're talking about a suspension. We're talking about a fine for sure. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a civil matter for sure. The guy's going to get some money. That's clear. We're we're 100% sure about that, but that's it. I don't, I don't really see a no. suspension from the NFL here. I think most people agree with you. And, uh, Bobby, put him on hold. Give him a $50 Grimaldi's gift card. Best beats I ever had. We got some Grimaldi's gift cards. People call in. I reward you. I'm not the guy giving out T-shirts at the corner. Call my show. I need your call. I don't. I don't have free T-shirts and pens and cups if you call. But I got 50 bucks from Grimaldi's. You can get two large pies there. I get the Brooklyn Bridge. It'll blow you away. Grimaldi's, best pizza I ever had, opens up a Vegas phone line, right? We have national callers and Vegas. 702 is our area code, 365-9200. I'm assuming today that Devontae's not going to be suspended. If he is, I will not be shocked. And we'll have to deal with that all next week. And it'll be a really important topic next week because it'll be a black eye around the Raiders. And people will be talking about it all week again. Devontae suspended. What type of guy is Devontae? Why did Devontae do that? We know it was a mistake, and we know that Devontae's a high-character guy. 
And could it affect Devontae? He's got national brands he's endorsing, Tide, and also Taco Bell. He came to Vegas. He's a star. Well, when you're a star, national endorsements come. How will this affect his national endorsement deals? It's a big deal because people who never heard of him are now watching him on TV with Tide in the commercial that we're seeing from Taco Bell saying, who's that? Oh, that's the guy on the Raiders. Oh, that's the guy on the Raiders who could be suspended or fined. It's all about branding here. Fortunately, the brand of Devontae is huge. It's based on character. And he had a character flaw moment, which was nothing more than a mistake. Let's see how everybody deals with it. When we come back, more of your phone calls before Lee Sterling. Lee's got three games he's going to give you for free. So if you're a gambler, not many people at his level give out free picks. That's why we recommend you do business with him at Paramount Sports. He'll join us here in about 15 minutes. What is your report card on the Raiders through the first four games? My kids are in college. Every once in a while, I tell my wife, can we see some grades? I'm paying all this money out of state. Can I see some grades? And she's like, yeah, I'll ask him. I haven't seen him either. I want to give a big shout out to the guys who has four rings. Your, your current active players is made up of the Dubs and LJ. So that's a very short list. Shaq Diesel, who I said a million times, was growing up for me like it was Shaq. Dude was absolutely insane. Four-time club, MJ four-time club. Obviously MJ six, but we talking about the four-time club. MJ, you're going you gonna to be a part of this club for now. We got Cole, Kareem. And like, you know, I can go on and on with this list. That's Draymond Green. What a knucklehead he is. I'll get to him in a minute. Welcome back. Uh, The music, this is the movement. Turn it up, Bobby. I saw them last night at 24 Oxford inside Virgin Hotels here in Vegas. They're a reggae fusion band. I liked it. A couple of my buddies... Love this band, so we went out last night and we stopped by the beautiful One Steakhouse where John O'Donnell was working there. The famous J.O.D. was working right there at the bar. We had a, a few adult beverages to get in the groove for this music. And sitting at the bar was NASCAR star A.J. Allmendinger, who's in second place on the Infinity Series. He's racing Saturday and Sunday in Vegas in the big race, the Cup Series, and he's in second place in the Infinity Series. So he's at the bar. And I get introduced by J.O.D. And we spoke for a half hour, not about NASCAR, but about golf. A.J. Allmendinger loves to golf. Shadow Creek, playing in town. I think he's playing Dragon Ridge today. He's a great NASCAR driver. And we had this really deep golf conversation on how big of a grinder he is in his short game and his putting and how much he loved it. So it was really good to talk to a star athlete last night here in Vegas as NASCAR's in town. And I encourage everybody to get out to the track. If you haven't been out to the track, this is a playoff race. This is a really big deal. And A.J. was cool and relaxed. He's got a couple of big races. It's a very dangerous sport. Very grounded guy, down to earth, and loved to talk about golf. I was about to, I was dropping some knowledge on Talladega and Daytona and Vegas and how I love the super speedways better than the short track. And he was, he was enjoying that, but he wanted to talk about golf and Vegas. So thanks again to AJ Allmendinger, One Steakhouse, Virgin Hotels, the Shag Room, 
Uh, fun night last night. Good to go out and see live music, which you always can in this town. So I just played Draymond Green, and he's not going to get a suspension for punching a teammate in the face. Hauled off on Jordan Poole. TMZ Sports has the video. No surprise. TMZ's the best at that. Steve Kerr talked about some of this. So I want you to hear from Steve Kerr on the decision in this world championship organization and how they're dealing with Draymond. It's never easy. No matter what decision you make in a situation like this, it's not going to be perfect. Uh, This is the biggest crisis that we've ever had um, since I've been coach here. It's really serious stuff. Wow. Biggest crisis. Well, normally you don't have people punching each other in the face on the same team. They want to punch someone on the other team. And Steve Kerr is trying to keep this team together. They cannot win without Draymond. Draymond, to me, isn't super elite. He's just one of the greatest grinders in NBA history. He plays defense. He's physical. He's an intimidator. And all championship teams need that. We saw it with the bad boys. Bill Lambeer. Bill Lambeer wasn't an elite superstar player, but, man, he was a force. And you didn't go inside, and that's what Draymond does for the Warriors. More from Steve Kerr on the trust going forward here. I think the team, the veterans voted on this. The team voted on this, but they're pro-Draymond. We're not perfect. You know, our team isn't perfect. Bob and I have definitely made our share of mistakes over the years. Um, but we're going to lean on the experience that we have together you know, over the last nine years and trust that this is the best decision for our team. Yeah, and the decision comes down one more from Kerr on really not punishing Draymond. Draymond walked away because I think the heat was really heavy on him, and he let down his teammates, and he punched a young kid in the face. He didn't punch him in the chest or the arm. He punched him in the face. As we're talking about a suspension, possibly or not, for Devontae, which was a push or a shove, this guy threw a punch, and Steve Kerr has to handle it. He is going to come back to practice on Thursday. He's been fined. He will not be suspended. I expect him to play Friday in our last preseason game and and on opening night. So basically, Draymond could get away with that. He was fine. These guys have millions of dollars. A fine is nothing. It's nothing. They have millions upon millions of dollars. And Draymond, I mean, this should get some of the parents and coaches who are listening to the show and some of the people who care about integrity in sport and a whole bunch of other topics to call in on this. Because if we're talking about Draymond, what should we be saying about Devontae, which is far lesser, right? And we're debating that issue here. What did some of you Warrior fans and basketball fans think of that move? The league cannot survive if players are punching their teammates in the face. And basically, he didn't get a suspension. It's amazing. They got video on TMZ. TMZ's got the video. And they're not going to suspend this guy. It's incredible. He could, you could have easily suspended him for three to five games easily easily and everybody would have said man that's steve kerr bob myers they're on a tight ship over there and now what they're saying i know a lot of people behind the scenes and people covering this story is that steph curry runs that team steph clay and draymond and and andre Iguodala, of course and if they have a team vote the team vote doesn't matter if 10 out of the 14 players voted to kick draymond out it doesn't matter if steph curry says timeout no draymond stays he runs the team and Steve Kerr just told you that he doesn't run the team because they're not going to do anything. I, I think highly of Steve Kerr as a player, as a human being, and everything he's done. I mean, highly of Steve Kerr. But on this issue, what type of message does it send? My podcast partner, Looney, always says, what about the children? Well, I, I think of that. I got people listening right now. I got kids in the car. That's why there's no profanity. You know, I don't use foul language on my satellite show because I'm always thinking kids could be listening. So if you're coaching your kids playing basketball 
and they're young enough to know that Draymond punched his teammate in the face, what do you tell your kid about that? Your kid has to go to basketball practice. Your kid's going to play high school sports, maybe. What message does this send? And I don't think it, it does send. It sends a message that the celebrities in our society get special treatment, especially here in Vegas. People getting into these wild car accidents. This and, oh, you're a celebrity? Oh, you're a celebrity? We have a celebrity attorney here in town, and we'll just get you out of it. But there are people sitting in jail with the same crimes, and they can barely get, afford a public defender, and they sit in jail for months. But we got celebrities in society. So Draymond's a celebrity. He punched someone who's a non-celebrity, Jordan Poole, yet, in the face, and the celebrity gets a slap on the wrist for that. And Devontae, much lower level, probably not even shouldn't tie these in together, but a lot of people now are saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, because Hoda and all these uh, Kelly Ripa is talking about it in the morning, and they're showing B-roll of Devontae throwing what seems to be a small guy to the ground and just walking right by him. That's the image people are talking about. So the sharp people who do sports for a living, even Stephen A., other guys, friends of mine, they're yelling and screaming about this, but at the end they're all saying no suspension. Come on. We don't need a suspension here. Let's let the guy come back and hit him in the wallet. And getting hit in the wallet, when you make over a couple hundred million or $150 million or $80 million, losing a couple thousand bucks is no big deal. But if you don't have that money, it's a big deal. So that's Draymond Green as we talked about that. And one other big topic I want to get in here as we open up the show is what's going on with Tua. I believe, and I don't know this to be true, but my opinion is that Tua's fine to play football. Tua's been in concussion protocol for weeks. He's, he's fine. He could play football right now easily, but everybody's scared. The, the league's scared. And here's Mike McDaniel, the head coach, who didn't pull him out of the game when it first looked like he was concussed against the Buffalo Bills. Listen to McDaniel's tune now when he talks about Tua. When talking about this week and playing, I, I don't see him being active, and I'm not going to – I do not plan to have him play this whole – um, process is a little tricky and today he's just getting back to playing football for the first time in two weeks what's tricky about a coach he's a quarterback he's your starting quarterback you're competing for the playoffs in the most competitive league in the world your quarterback gives you the best chance to win and he's clearly ready he hasn't played in two weeks because he was in protocol he's out of it he's got to start and you can tell that this young man mike mcdaniel who gets the opportunity of a lifetime to be a head coach for an organization that had don shula now I think he's over his skis on this topic. Here he is. Uh, you know, again, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself and um, think about the Z component. I'm worried about A, and A is getting him on the field and having him throw a football and being around his teammates. That's what today's step is. Oh, this is just garbage. It is. He, I, I feel for him. He's got to do the right thing. What else is he going to do? But this is total garbage. This is an overreaction. If they came out and said that he was really concussed severely, he's still in protocol, we're worried about him, they let him fly on the team charter after he went to the hospital in Cincinnati. That was insanity. The one thing you want to do when you're concussed is not get on a plane and go 35,000 feet. So the Dolphins put on the airplane, brought him back. It's been two weeks, he's fine. But they won't say that because the league is overseeing this and the league doesn't want any more bad attention on this topic. So the same thing with this roughing the passer rule. The league is probably pissed off about it because everybody's blaming the league. 
and calling everybody soft because these defensive players can't play their position. They, they can't put their hands on the quarterback and take the quarterback to the ground or they're going to get a 15-yard penalty, which could cost their team a victory. 702-365-9200. Get a pen out or pull over. Lee Sterling's coming up here in a bit, and Lee will have three free picks for you. And then his game of the week. So come on in, listen to Lee, and if you're gambling, as I always say, bet with your wallet, not with your head. Listen to people like Lee who have been doing this for 25 years, not the 24-year-old on sports radio who sounds like he's doing a podcast in his mom's basement telling you what to bet on when he's probably got no more than five bucks in his wallet to bet on the games. Listen to the pros. We talk to the pros on Raider Nation Radio. I've been a lot. I've been around a lot of new regimes and all that kind of stuff, right? And uh, I think the frustrating part is it takes time to get everyone on the same page. And once you get on the same page, you get the thing rolling and it's churning and it's, it looks great and it's awesome. As we await the Raiders' offense to be more explosive and more consistent in the red zone, I called for Raider grades today. It's kind of like when I went to school. I never raised my hand when I didn't have to. Uh, We're based on your optimism or your criticism on this flagship station on the Raiders off to their one and four start, 702-365-9200. My good friend Lee Sterling joins us every week from Paramount Sports. He's got three games for free. I noticed you didn't put my son's Oklahoma. Soon as there, I'm leaving tomorrow to go see Oklahoma, Kansas. When I bought the tickets, they were highly more valuable than the game I'm going to see this Saturday. Yeah, there might be some tickets available for less than $10. So, um, what's crazy, I don't know if you know this, just get ready. Oklahoma has not lost to Kansas since 1997. So, if that happens, hit your local bar real quick. You got it. Let's jump in and start with Michigan-Penn State. I really think this is the gateway for Penn State to get to a national championship. This was the game that they meant and they thought would be huge. Michigan's got that with Ohio State. Michigan's thinking national championship. This is a monster. I really think Penn State is a tough matchup for Michigan. They could do multiple things well, but Michigan's got a quarterback now that can lead them from behind if they're losing in this game. Let's go to the first one. Michigan minus seven, Penn State. Yeah, last year, what a Donnybrook. I mean, both of these two teams were just slugging back and forth. Michigan, minus two, uh, was able to score the game winner with 329 left. They escaped Happy Valley with a 21-17 win. Now, Penn State this year has a bye week before this game to rest up in game plan. And you know this is a circle game for all these Penn State kids. Mm-hmm. Hey, I love Blake Corm. I said that this kid... If not deserves the Heisman, deserves to be in the top three. He's averaging 6.2 yards per carry, has 11 touchdowns. But Penn State, just to show you how similar these two teams are, they've got two running backs in Singleton and Allen. These two have combined for 770 yards and an even better 6.4 yards per carry. Sean Clifford, yeah, he won in the big house two years ago, 27-17. He's got a lot of experience. He's only been sacked four times this year, and all five of his receivers are averaging at least 11 yards per reception. 
The wrong team is favored. Give me Penn State outright, 23-20. Penn State outright over Michigan. What does that do to Michigan's dream season? Let's go to the NFL. Philadelphia, Dallas. Jalen Hurts, Cooper Rush. I think we all agree Dak could come back and play in this game. If he has to, he doesn't. It opened up minus five and a half Philadelphia. Now we'll play it at six and a half. I think you got it at six here. This is an interesting game because I like Jalen Hurts, but I think he's due for a stinker every once in a while. I don't think he's going to run the table and be the MVP. And Dallas is running the ball hard. I like the way they're running and playing physical. How do you see this? Yeah, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. And usually in a low-scoring game, you look to the underdog. How good has the Dallas defense been? They've surrendered no more than 19 points in any one of their five games this year. In fact, they've held the last four opponents, the Bengals, Giants, Commanders, and Rams, to an average of 13.2 points per game. They've got the second most sacks with 20 on the year. And then last week, what a gem they pitched. They blocked a punt. Uh, They only allowed 10 points, 38 rushing yards, and forced three takeaways, and then sacked Matthew Stafford five times to boot. This defense is ready to go, and the Eagles' offense, their left tackle, left guard, and center, all questionable. It's ridiculous what the NFL is allowing these teams and, and to put up as far as the injury reports. Ten of the 12 players on the injury report are listed as questionable. They've got to make it, you know, designate these guys. They're playing more or not playing. Give the gambler, give the public more of a chance here. And the Cowboys swept the Eagles last year, 41-21 to at home. And fifty-one twenty-six on the road. Mm. Cowboys six and zero against the spread. The last six October games, Dallas wins outright. Also, another upset. 2117. Lee Sterling giving you upsets for free. That's why I tell you to go to ParamountSports.com. Go to Paramount Sports. He puts up his picks. He's transparent. Mostly wins. If he has a loss, he tells you about it. Now the big game, which everybody's tuned in for as ITs. Buffalo in Kansas City. We talked about Kansas City. You can't be in a trap game with your rival, the Raiders, but it felt like one. They didn't cover against Las Vegas in a one-point game. They beat Tom Brady. They beat the Raiders by one, but the game that everybody's waiting on. Buffalo, road favorite at Kansas City, minus two and a half here. This is a fascinating game to me because I picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl again. Two and a half here is a really interesting number. First, do you think it'll get to three? You're playing it here at two and a half. Does it make a difference in your pick? Absolutely. I think there's a good chance it does get to three. If you like Buffalo, you play it right now. And everyone remembers the playoff game in overtime, the 42-36 Chiefs win. A lot of people forget the Chiefs lost at home to 18 points early in the season to Buffalo last year. I just think unless Buffalo, I mean, commits two or three turnovers, this is their game here. Their front seven since last year much improved. They get to the quarterback more. They have more depth. And the biggest mismatch, the Buffalo wide receivers, all three of them, they're like Devontae Adams. They have speed to burn. They can burn the Kansas City defensive backs, who last week only had to worry about Adams here. And even kicker Buckner. He's still not 100%. Even if he plays, I mean, that could cost him here. Special teams are important. We have two teams so close to each other. But I like Buffalo. They get their revenge, 42-28. 42-28, man. So the defense, the defense is huge in this game. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I am expecting a classic. I really think these are the two teams in the rivalry 
as they're not playing in the same division, but they're in the same conference. These teams are going to go after it year after year, and this could be the new big rivalry in the NFL. Lee, tell us how to get your game of the week here coming up. I was interested to see. You always give me the game that you want people yep. to call on where you have really good information. TCU minus three and a half against Oklahoma State. Well, you're going to the wrong Big 12 game. It's TCU, undefeated TCU against undefeated Oklahoma State. You're gonna gonna get the winner. You just call eight hundred four hundred nine seven four one. Again, the number eight hundred four hundred nine seven four one. And it's not October. We call it October. Three weeks, just two hundred and forty-seven dollars. And our first best bet of the year. We rate our place from ten to fifty units. First forty-five to fifty unit selection goes this weekend. Wow. ParamountSports.com. Enjoy the weekend, Lee. Thank you as always. Thanks, JT. That's Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Yeah, he, he goes all in. It's firing the cannon when ready, and he fires. Again, the Yankee game postponed tonight in New York. Game two of the ALDS moved to Friday. As we're right here with the Raiders and we're in the bye week, and I'm not sounding like I'm in the bye week, do I? I mean, I'm here. I'm open for business today. We're looking for Raider fans to give a Raider grade on what you've seen for the first quarter of the season. Just like college, just like high school, your opinion on what's happening with the Raiders at the quarter poll, 702-365-9200. Uh, last night on my national show for SiriusXM from MLB Network Radio, Chris Jimenez joined me, and he's a former catcher. He played on a number of teams around the major leagues. But I was on Twitter before he came on to take a look at his bio, and he's a diehard Raider fan. I mean, diehard Raider Nation, this guy. So I asked him about being a former big league player, baseball player, and his passion for the Raiders. And Chris, I'm going to leave you on this, and I'd love your comment. I've been on the Raiders broadcast for over 20 years, and last night was a gut punch. And I looked Tell at your Twitter. It. I look at, I'm looking at your Twitter before you come on, and every way you could possibly lose, I mean ever, they lost this way in two games to Arizona up 20 nothing on Kyla Murray and up 17 nothing, and in control of the game with Josh Jacobs running downhill all night long. Devontae doesn't juggle the ball much, and they got to win that game. And I saw your Twitter feed there. You're Raider Nation. What's going on here? You're damn right I am. I've been Raider Nation for 39 years, and it absolutely pains me because we lose the game in every Raider way possible. You know, I still feel like I may get in trouble for saying this, but the NFL has something out for us uh, because once we got that, uh, you know, the roughing the passer call, which I have to admit, being a Raider fan, was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, the fact that, you know, there was nothing about that that was roughing the passer. But I think someone from the NFL front office called down and every other penalty went exactly the opposite of the way we would think it would go for the Raiders. And it just seems like they cannot catch a break. You know, this, to me, is one of the best one-in-four teams I've ever seen. Uh, Devontae, you know, you can say he he either did or he didn't catch it. I, I'll give them that. Uh, but I think the finality of this thing was the way that him and Hunter Renfro ran into each other uh, the last mm -hmm. play of the game there, which Devontae had a step or two on the DB there and what potentially could have been another, um, you know, touchdown from Derek Carr to Devontae Adams. Wow, we got to catch you at a Raider game at Allegiant Stadium. <laughs> Reach out to me next time you're coming, man, and we'll really get after do. it, have you up at the torch, and have you on the radio. You'd be great for that. Trust me, there would be nothing better than to have that happen, <laughs> so I will definitely do that. Yeah, Chris Jimenez, appreciate him joining me, and he had a lot of fun with that. He's a pretty passionate Raider fan. There are Raider fans all over the globe, we know that, and they want the team to win. Final hour of the week. 
I'm off on a college road trip tomorrow to see my son, and we have some special programming lined up. And you get it all here on the flagship of the Raiders, 702-365-9200. Raider insider Kevin Bollinger will join us, and Johnny Katz from the Review Journal next hour, all ready to go.